customer experience is your brand. All about the interaction that a customers customer are not just customers that can the be kind of experience you give to people. Customers. That's what they're going. Amazon through. wants you to buy something. A warranty company wants their contractors. Customer to experience, you know, it really is how your brand gets projected out in, into the world. Business is not just business; it's very human. Hello, ladies and gents. This is your host, Todd Stewart, and welcome back to another episode of In The Know, a dispatch-powered podcast dedicated to highlighting the individuals and companies who know how to create memorable, long-lasting customer experiences. It's my job today to dissect and understand how Renee Cachillo, the Senior Vice President of Customer Brand and Technology from Safelite Autoglass, is able to consistently wow her customers. With more than 15 years of experience, Cachillo's background includes delivering results in fast-paced consumer-focused businesses such as Bob Evans, Mimi's Cafe Restaurants, Bed Bath & Body Works, Limited Brands, Hallmark, and Dillard's Department Stores. In today's discussion, we'll talk about how to make unmemorable experiences memorable, how to measure customer experience with a W-2 workforce, and how Safelite Autoglass always makes decisions with the customer in mind. As always, grab a pen, grab some paper, and please enjoy this insightful, customer-focused conversation with the one and only Renee Cachillo. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of In The Know. Uh, I would love to introduce Renee Cachillo. Renee, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. So I'd like to start off episodes with a segment I like to call Super Tools. And it's when we give our listeners a chance to sort of dive into your mindset of tools that you use on a day-to-day -day basis that you can't live without. These tools can be a physical object. They can be applications, basically things to help streamline your work. Uh, I'd love to know what, what are some things you can't live without? Well, I'll tell you mine. Um, it's not quite a tool or a physical um, thing, but it's really a smile. And so I think that when you can start off a meeting and let people know that you're excited to see them and want to learn from what they're they're thinking about and can disarm them, that it really puts them in a different place. And it also mentally puts me in a great place. I love that. I, I actually, I said in a previous episode, there's two things that are contagious in this world. First is a common cold and the second is just a genuine smile. <laughs> I don't need the cold. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take the latter half of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so before we really dive into sort of how you guys think about customer experience at Safelite Autoglass, I'd, I'd love for you to explain what customer experience means to you on a personal level. Um, I, I think it's it's interesting to hear people's different opinions. And then it also, it, it sort of it frames your answers for moving forward in this episode. Yeah, no, good question. I mean, for me, it's really easy. It, it means delivering on the promise that our brand makes to our customers and doing whatever we say we're going to do in a little extra. What, what is, if, if you can uh, sort of add to that, what, what is the, the promise? The promise is that we're going to have a simple experience that will actually create unexpected happiness. You'll be shocked at how easy we are to work with and that we will make sure that we take care of your vehicle the first time all the time. Nice. So it's that sort of understanding people's expectations and then doing whatever you can to sort of exceed that. Exactly. How has customer experience changed over the years at Safelite Autoglass? Was it always something that was a thing that you guys measured or is now all of a sudden it started to take center stage? Um, it has. I would love to know sort of the evolution of customer experience. Yeah, we've actually always measured the customer experience for a long time. We actually measured CSI, which was a satisfaction index. 
Um, but our scores got into the 98, almost 99 percentile. And at some point, you look at those scores and you think about how are we really going to incrementally improve when we're that high? And so what we decided to do was actually in 2007, the company made the bold change of moving to the net promoter score. And when we did that, the promoter scale is pretty tough. It's uh, stringent. We're only a nine and a 10 are a promoter and a six and below are a detractor. Mm-hmm. So our scores dropped quite a bit. We started out at a 73 in 2007, and now we're up to almost an 88 this year is where we're planning to end up at the end of 2017. What do you think has been a big driver of that, that change in NPS? Uh, some of the driver is really the focus that our technicians have and our CSRs, our contact center representatives, on making sure that we take care of the customer the first time. We also have implemented a strategy in 2012 to become customer-driven. And we couple it with our strategy to be people-powered. We say we're a people-powered, customer-driven organization. And when we talk about being customer-driven, it means making it easy for the customer to do business with us and ensuring their experience is memorable. And we talk about listening to the customer, focusing on what's important to them, creating solutions, and then delighting them. Has there been anything over your time there where you listen to the customer and um, and they they bring these ideas to the table that, that you say, wow, like this is something we've never actually thought of. And then that was an idea that you then tested in the market and it started to gain some traction. Yeah, we actually have a great example of that with our on my way text message. So for a long time, we send emails out to our customers telling them that here's the confirmation for your appointment with us. Here's what's going to happen and the experience you're going to have. Then we would send them a tech profile email that said, here's the technician that we've assigned that will be coming to you so you see a picture of them and can recognize them. But when we asked customers what they really wanted, they told us that they wanted a text message and that they wanted it to come from the technician. Mm. So we designed an on-my-way text message that's triggered today by our technicians. They let the customer know when they're 20, 30, or 40 minutes away from their destination. And they go ahead and trigger that. And then we've added the feature now that also has the capability to watch us on our way. So you can now see what we look like with the little safe light emoji coming to your location and when we will arrive. When you look at the experience of, of getting your windshield replaced, how do you guys turn this sort of unmemorable experience into a memorable one? Like when I, if I were to think about just getting my, my windshield replaced, which I have in the past, it's, it's usually something that it's, it's an outcome of a negative experience. Like a rock hits my windshield and now I need to get it replaced. How do you guys turn that expectation into this like, wow, wow moment? Well, what we talk about internally is that we want to deliver an experience that's better than anything they could have expected. And we actually call it unexpected happiness. And it's part of our purpose. And it's really what the entire organization is focused on. How can we deliver unexpected happiness to people in their everyday lives? And so when you you think about that and you say, okay, but tactically, how do you really do that? It's really by making it simple and demystifying how complicated it can be. Part selection, picking out your windshield is not easy, but how can we actually tailor it so that it works really easily for the customer? How can we make the web experience and online in case you click on there, now you see you can schedule so easy that you could actually get it done in less than four minutes. And so we challenge ourselves that says everything that we do, we have to have a first time user be able to do it without the need for assistance. And if they do need assistance, that it's readily available and they know how to contact. Have you noticed anything as far as 
your customers' expectations over time have changed. It's it's interesting. The more companies that I speak with, the more that that I start to hear these themes about these amazing technologies come into play. There's Uber. There's Grubhub. There's uh, you know a, a lot of on-demand services, and these services are are phenomenal. But they've sort of penetrated into our lifestyle that we now begin to expect that same expectation for other companies out there. Have you noticed that that shift where you you look at your customer base and you say, wow, everybody's using these on-demand services. They're using these, these technology services that are making their lives so much easier. And now they're starting to expect it on us. Oh yeah, it's huge. And in fact, the smartphone is a big game changer. Um, 65% of all of our customers contact us through the smartphone. Oh, wow. Just using a handheld device to contact us, whether they're clicking or calling there on a smartphone device. And that's a big change for us. What, what I've noticed with customers is that it's not about they expect you to be available mobile. They expect you to be available on Alexa. They expect you to be online or answer the phone. They expect everything, whichever way they happen to want to work. And you have to be there. Can, can you give an example to that? Well, sure. I mean, two years ago, we had 17% of our customers in our consumer segment coming in through online. And today it's 45%. Oh, wow. So so customers essentially are, they would like to self-serve themselves? Yes. And so we haven't, we haven't forced them to do that in any way, but that's naturally what they've grown and how they've started to work with us. Well, when you think about it, even things like uh, digital, right? So you go online and now instead of the yellow pages, you're looking at Google. You go in your Google search bar and you type in broken windshield and what pops up? Well, that clicks you typically to a website. Mm -hmm. And so those are the types of things that have just dramatically changed in how customers interact that we have to be there and be present. When looking at customer experience in general for you guys, how has data played a role in sort of streamlining that that booking appointment? Like you mentioned that you guys now have the self-serve online booking tool on your website, and that and I think it's phenomenal. And I personally love when sites have that, especially services have that. Um, how has that data sort of enabled you guys to stay ahead of the curve? So what the data allows us to do is actually understand the experience at a deeper level than we could in the contact center world, right? So now you can actually see when a customer's on a page, how long they're on the page, um, what typical, what kind of car they have, if they're going to complete at the same rate as a different vehicle make and model, are they having trouble with part selection? How easy is the payment process? You know, if we want to offer new wipers because we think it's a good idea to have new wipers with your brand new windshield so your old wipers don't scratch it, how do you know that they're even available? And so we can actually see on all these different pages and we can see what the impact is to the behavior based off design changes. And we A-B test everything that we do so that we can start to phase in the differences. Can you supply any interesting findings as far as like things that you had no idea uh, that were going on and then all of a sudden this data illuminated this new area? Yeah, I think one of the great examples was when we first launched our new website, we actually defaulted it to in-store appointments. And so you could come see us in a safe light store. Well, then we tested what if we put mobile appointments and all of a sudden more people booked mobile appointments. So what we found is that people didn't often click on the drop down arrow or couldn't easily see that there were ways to switch. So we actually skewed how they were scheduling their work with us, even if it wasn't their preference. 
So how do you make that more flexible so that you can see that you're getting that right percentage and that they know how to manipulate or maneuver through the site? So, so a lot of this, or at least a lot of the questions that we've talked about so far are more on the, the customer side. Um, how, so you guys have a dedicated workforce. H- how do you measure that performance? Um, I, I think some, sometimes, especially when you have a, a workforce like you guys, like the, the measuring side of it, it can be a nebulous task. Um, so how exactly do you guys focus on that? Well, I think when you look at the measurements, we have quite a few. So I shared, we use the net promoter score. We roll that all the way down to the technician. They actually get the survey feedback from the work that they complete, as Mm -hmm. well as then we see it here as well at the home office. We also use a measurement called the customer effort score. Um, And the customer effort score really measures how easy it was for the customer to interact with us. And we measure improvement. And as we make enhancements to things like our web experience or our contact center experience, then we can see if it really paid off and made a difference to the consumer. Mm. Um, In addition, we do things like sentiment analysis through text analytics to understand if things are positively received or negatively received or if those change over time. And we do collect online reviews in both Facebook as well as with bizarre boards that we can share on our website and that we can publish. Mm. And then social media, I think, is a really big, really big piece. Now, when you start to get tweets about the fact that your experience is less than four minutes and easy, and you get thank you messages from your customers, you know you're on the right track. You also get the same insight when you find out that people didn't like something and they will tell you. I know a handful of people that have used your service before, and the only feedback I've ever heard is just how seamless and how like effortless it was for the, the consumer to get their windshield replaced. And, and when I think about this, you know, I like how I mentioned earlier on the show is I got my windshield replaced a long, long time ago. And to be honest, I, I just used a local shop back in Western Mass where, where I'm from. And and now after hearing all of this feedback and seeing all this feedback, as I do, like I, I do see this on, on social media as well, is it has that sort of that compounding effect. And now like I would use you guys 10 out of 10 times. Um, based off of everybody else's feedback and experience that they have. So yeah, you're right. Like the, the social media does have a hugely compound compounding effect as far as uh, promoting your own brand in the right light. Well, thank you. What is, I, I'm, I'm very curious. So I, I have, this is so, sort of like a two-part question. The first question is, I'd love to know what a dream scenario looks like in terms of how a job is executed and, and how that really can create incredible, incredible customer experiences? And then what was the technology used throughout that process? So that's the first half. And then, um, and then after you answer that question, I'll, I'll ask the second half. Well, for me, as someone who really looks at the customer experience, I just simply want it to be consistent. I want every customer to have a great experience with us. And I want them to have what we display on TV and what we promise through social media and what they hear their friends and families have experienced. So consistency is a must. Um, I would say the dream experience that we have definitely been building for and have finally arrived is really around being omnichannel. The fact that you can actually start your experience on the phone and finish online or start on the web and finish on the phone or stay on the web and come back later and not to have to repeat yourself, that's that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And to be available on all channels, again, so customers can decide how do they want to work with SafeLight Autoglass. How difficult, so I completely agree, the omnichannel aspect of it is huge. How difficult 
is that to implement within an organization? Well, a 70-year organization, it just took a little time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty challenging, to be honest with you, because we all have technology debt, right, that we have to figure out and processes that don't always work together. And so it takes a lot of collaboration cross-functionally to make the process seamless for the customer. And then also you have to back it up with the tools that support our associates in delivering that experience. So it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it's doable, I think, if you have a roadmap and you don't overcomplicate it. Now, on the flip side, what is a nightmare experience? Like, is it like a worst case scenario that the technician doesn't have the glass, they're running behind schedule? Um, like what does that experience look like? And then how are you using technology? Like what you mentioned earlier, the on my way notification, the map to help sort of avoid these situations from happening. I think the hardest thing for us to do with the way that vehicles are changing and the advancements in windshields is really making sure that we get the right part out to the customer because customers, as they start to opt into self-service more, they don't always know the features and benefits of the windshield that's actually in their vehicle. And a lot of vehicles, 35% of the vehicles launched today, the newer vehicles, they have more than two parts that can go into their car and some have as many as 35 windshields that that vehicle. And so we need to make sure we show up with the right part because that's what the customer expects from us. And so we've used technology to do a couple things. If we look at the VIN, we can actually start to understand and decode what that windshield might be. Same thing with looking at trim packages. And we can also have the customer, because the VIN is not a very friendly number, um, actually put in their license plate now and help them get to the VIN, which the license plate's much easier when we have parts that we know have a lot of uncertainty to which pieces really the right fit for them. And so that's how we're using technology in multiple ways to kind of put together this puzzle to make sure we get the right part the first time for the customer. Okay, so so final couple questions. The first one is for other service companies out there that that do have a dedicated workforce, uh, technicians like you guys have. What are some best practices that you can share with them to help help them have their contractors uphold their brand standard better? Well, typically a lot of the contractors use tools that come from those other com- companies or the, the head companies. So I would say keep it simple and natural for their role. Don't ask them to do things that aren't natural for the type of position that they're in, because if you make it easy, then they'll want to follow that. A great example is the on my way text message. We could have tried to automate that and have it geofence from the van. But the point was we wanted the technician to tell their customer when they're on their way. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you give them control over some of those things, they often will enable that. And the goal is to set them up for success because they're the face of the brand to the customer. Like it or not, it's not me standing out there shaking the customer's hand every time. You really have to empower your people to be able to deliver on that standard and set them up. I, I like that. Actually, I recorded an episode with a guy named Luke Williams. He's the head of customer experience for Qualtrics. And that was his main theme was how how can we empower the employees? And essentially, it's the same thing for, for you guys. It's like, how can we empower the technicians? His was how can we empower the employees at Qualtrics? Because all of customer experience stems from the employees. So like you can You can talk about 
every strategy you want under the sun. But if, if your employees are not bought in and you do not empower them to act on these customer experience strategies that you're trying to implement, it's never going to happen. So I, I completely agree. It's, it's all about empowering. I'm very glad you said that. So final question. I, I like to finish episodes uh, with this same segment. It's, it's actually a chance for you to look back on your career. Uh, this segment is called If I Only Knew. And so it's a chance for you to look back, reflect on how you've implemented customer experience into something that you've worked on. And you know, it's a lesson that you would tell your young self, oh, I wish I knew this earlier because this customer experience strategy has paid off. I wish I knew it earlier. What would be that if I only knew moment for you? Oh, probably that mistakes and failure are as important as success. Because when you're young, you don't want to fail. And you learn as much from that as you do from the successes. And if I had another thing to add, it would be it's never done. Take your time and just keep moving. Mm. Can, can you give me an example of that second one? Never, you know, take, take your time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think people put pressure on themselves that they're supposed to have the end state vision. Most of the time I have an idea of what I want the customer experience to feel like, what we want to deliver to the customer, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that. And that's okay. And to be a little comfortable with the ambiguity, but to know that you just have to keep moving and putting one step after the other. Mm, I like that. All right. Well, Renee, thank you for joining today. This was a truly an excellent conversation. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Uh, to everybody listening, you can find out more about everything we discussed on the show that will be on the Dispatch blog. That is blog.dispatch.me. You'll also find all the links to learn more about SafeLight Autoglass, Renee, and really anything we discussed. So again, Renee, really appreciate it. Th thanks for coming on. Thank you. If you want to learn more about customer experience, head over to the Dispatch blog. That is blog.dispatch.me. Remember to subscribe to In The Know on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, thanks for joining, and we'll see you next episode.